On this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, spring fever in Canterbury. We set the scene on the best botanical displays in the garden city and the best seasonal eats. We look ahead to the headline festivities in bloom and take some great spring day trips across the Canterbury hinterland. Welcome back to Kiwi Tripsters. Buckle up and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Chris Lynch. Welcome aboard Kiwi Tripsters, everybody. I'm Chris Lynch. Hi, Mike Yardley. Great to be with you. I can hear your birds in the backyard chirping away there, Chris Lynch. Yes, this is not sound effects because it's spring and we are celebrating everything spring in Christchurch. I thought I'd take the recording equipment on location to my backyard (laughs) and here we are and it's a lovely day. So it's good to be with you, everybody. It is such an uplifting time to visit the garden city in spring and a great way to distill the spring scenery is to take to the water, hire a canoe or take a punt ride from the Antigua boat sheds. You'll probably find Chris at the boat sheds cafe having a coffee or if you want to change it up the newcomer to the water uh the waka rides on the avon which leave from margaret mahi playground yeah they're great i haven't been on them but i love the fact that all of a sudden you see these Marty wakas just mm. gently gliding down the avon river now it's a real nice scene it's something a bit different Certainly is. It uh, is absolutely an, an, an example of how the whole face of the city centre is changing. Obviously, a really fabled spectacle to serenade the season are the cherry blossom trees around Hagley Park. Chris, I hate to think how many videos you've taken of those trees over the years in flower. Well, it's not so much. Uh, well, I, no, it is. I've actually taken quite a few videos of the cherry blossoms. I thought you were going to say photos, but I've taken a lot of video, and it's it's lovely. It's a nice thing to do. In fact, you've got to be into wind, though, don't you? Because it's only what they're only there for a few days or a few weeks, and then Bob's your uncle. Yeah. It's gone again. You've got to be in and out. Indeed. So, if you're listening to this fresh edition of Kiwi Tripsters in. Very September. fresh. Very, very fresh. Very fresh. Um, you will have to get your proverbial to Christchurch quick smart because, yes, those cherry blossom trees around Hagley Park generally hit the peak of their powers in the second half of September, the last two weeks of September. They're fleeting, ethereal things, these Yoshino cherry trees. Aside from the big kahuna in Harper Ave, there's also another parade of blossoms along Rickerton Ave. Those blossoms in Rickerton Ave are actually the oldest. They were first planted, those trees, back in 1905, shortly after you were born, Chris Lynch. That's right. That's right. Now, uh, there's also the Botanic Gardens, which is not necessarily a spring thing. I mean, you can go there all seasons round, and it is just spectacular. I love it there. Yeah, it is absolutely terrific. If you do want to catch the spring displays, obviously the big headliner in the Botanic Gardens would have to be the Daffodil Woodland. You can gram your heart out there. Uh, Very William Wordsworth with all of those dancing daffodils. Another seasonal highlight is the Azalea Garden. Uh, This is really around mid-October that it starts flowering at full power alongside its magnolia flowers. So you've got this incredibly vivid display, azaleas and magnolias. And if you like your bedding gardens, 
the Armstrong Lawn is that fabulous stretch right next door to Canterbury Museum. You will see some of the very best bedding spectacles in New Zealand on the Armstrong Lawn. And Chris, as I'm sure you've noticed at night, that entire scene of the Armstrong Lawn is really artfully lit. Mm, and it's nice to see that we're actually going to speak about some lit up things later on on this yeah. edition of Kiwi Tripsters. Now, there is, there's also some really lovely places to go uh, to eat and not necessarily um, overpriced either. You've got a few options, Mike. Yeah, I thought we could mix a bit of eating with uh, the garden displays. And mm-hmm. um, in the Armstrong Lawn, you've got the curator's house, uh, which is where the head gardener used to live many years ago. The curator's house does the most stunning Spanish cuisine, uh, fresh from the garden. The tapas menu is particularly popular. And also in the Botanic Gardens, a really good food stop, that glasshouse-style Ilex Cafe, which is under the culinary command of Johnny Swass. Yeah, it's it's lovely, and you can't go wrong because the scenery is just great. So I think everything tastes nice and because the scenery is nice, and it makes a yeah, difference, doesn't it? It's true, yeah. Um, let's head out to, say, the city promenade as well. Mm, yeah. Because that's a nice place to go to. Such a great place for a spring walk, and uh, obviously that promenade weaves its way through the changing city centre alongside the Avon. You might see a waka rip by you. Uh, you've got the Riverside Market, the Terrace, and all the way to Victoria Square is where that promenade will lead you. Hop over to New Regent Street. Um, if the weather's warm, I'm sure rollicking gelato will uh, make your belly happy. And the street is also home to Gin Gin, where you will find over 100 varieties of gin inside this lovely, whimsical venue in New Regent Street. I've been there, and the staff mm-hmm. are lovely. Yeah. I'm not necessarily a big gin drinker, but because they've got so many different types, yeah. uh, it's really worth looking out for. But what makes a difference in these types of places are the staff, and they're very conversational, and yeah. they're willing to help you experiment safely. So honestly, it's a good place to go. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, mm. Now, what else we got? We've got uh, Mona Vale. We can't forget about Mona Vale because it's a nice place to go, um, and you won't see the crowds there, which is a good thing, I think. Absolutely. It's a really serene place, uh, those Riverside Gardens and Mona Vale, and you've got so much heritage there as well. If you're feeling peckish, the Homestead's Pantry is open daily for coffee or cake or something more substantial like a fabulous brunch or lunch. If you want to go total decadent, um, Mona Vale is where you can reserve a booking for high tea, so you can feast on an array of delicate, tasty, tantalizing morsels surrounded in all of that botanical splendor. And since we mentioned gin, on October 16, Mona Vale is actually staging the annual Spring Gin Festival, so you can sample some of the best gins on the market at the tasting stations. They've also got a build your own bar. This has got your name on it, Chris Lynch, so you can create your own gin cocktail at the build your own bar. Well, that sounds very good. So now that I've been to gin gin, I've got my experimentation things happening. I can head there. (laughs) Now, um, Rickerton Bush, we can't go past springtime without looking at Rickon and Bush because that's lovely. And you know what? Only for the first time several months ago, I actually walked through um, mm-hmm. Rickon and Bush as in from the wee gates inland. Yes. And yeah. wow, wow, what a spectacular place to be. It's like a mini version of Horseshoe Lake. Oh, it so is. Did you see any kereru, any wood pigeons fluttering around above you? No, just a couple of kiwi. 
Oh, yeah, right. Good on you. Um, he'd obviously been heavy on the gin that day. Rickerton House and Bosch is a unique New Zealand heritage yeah. site. And what I love about it, Chris, is you've got those historic buildings steeped in the history of the pioneering Dean's family, the first Europeans to settle on the Canterbury Plains. And then, yes, the gardens and that amazing bush, which is the sole remnant of ancient podocarp forest in Christchurch. Um, by the way, if you are feeling peckish, the local is the name of the restaurant in the homestead. They are open daily for coffee and lunch. And also out west, <clears throat> if you want to add a bit of cinematic cachet to your garden touring, I love going to Islam Homestead Gardens because that whole site featured in Peter Jackson's movie Heavenly Creatures, and it's such a lush, secret garden, those gardens. Um Brimming with spring daffodils, grassy glens in the most sublime azalea and rhododendron gardens. Well, it's party time, and it certainly is party time and blooming in Christchurch, from all the headline festivals to the horse racing to the fashion shows. If it's happening in spring, it's happening at Bloom. Yes, indeed. Bloom is the banner name for the sparkling assortment of events on the spring social calendar in Christchurch. Uh, the time-honoured headliner would have to be the show, the New Zealand Agricultural Show, which is New Zealand's largest A&P show. A three-day extravaganza. It will kick off on Wednesday, November 10. You would be a big show fan, Chris Lynch. I was waiting for you to say that. I was waiting for you to say that. You'd be off there to eat. Candy uh, floss, hot dogs. Yes, yes, yes. I do like a good, decent AMP show. I don't like it when it's too dusty, though, you know. Right. But yes. I do like the rides. And mm. <laughs> do they still have the kamikaze ride there? You know what that one is? Uh, yes, I know the one you mean. I'm not sure. I, I went, Last time I saw that kamikaze ride, I thought it looked a bit rusty. But that's part. Of, but that's part of the attraction. The fact you don't yes. know whether you're going to be, you know, still alive by the time you finish <laughs> off it. I like that kind of stuff. But it is it, at all seriousness. I do like this show because even if you're not kind of into your farming thing, it's actually yeah. it's actually marketed for city people, isn't it? Really, to have a look it and is. see what actually happens in rural New Zealand. And we support our farmers like you would not believe. And mm. this is the type of show that I think everybody should go to. Now, I think this year too. I think I read on the council website that I think kids are free this year as well. That's um, true. So, yes. I mean, you know, they're really making effort despite the adversity they've had in the past with COVID. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it wasn't held last year. So it's great to have the agricultural show back this year. Um, some of the really cool little features, which I know kids love, Hazlitt's Farmyard, um, obviously the carnival area where you can ride like Chris on the kamikaze and other assorted rides. The Shetland steeplechase is quite cool. And um, something which I haven't seen before, Chris, but is going to be back this year, the sheep maternity ward. So they're going to have 50 pregnant ewes at the show right ready to give birth <laughs> over, the, over the three days of the show. Chris is looking rather sickly at this point in his backyard with the chirping birds. Is it, is it, I mean, I... Do we want the poor sheep? Shouldn't we give the sheep some kind of privacy without public looking at it while it's in its you know most painful it's, position yes. in life? It's quite it is quite exhibitionist. Apparently, they do have a private area where the heavily pregnant ewes can go if they need a bit of a breather. But the idea okay. is that as they give birth to their baby lambs, 
you will be able to see a baby lamb take its very first steps in life, as you do. If you're into your dog trials, by the way, something that's really entertaining, the Peckin Ducks, duck herding. Yes, they will have sheep dogs herding ducks, and that's a lunchtime thrill not to be missed, along with the Ballantine's Grand Parade of all of the livestock and all of the prize winners, uh, the alpacas and the goats, they'll all be on parade, Chris. Hang on, did you say the Ballantine's Grand Parade with the livestock? <laughs> we, we could take that many places, Mike Yardley. So uh, I don't think, I don't think, yes, we should, I think, <laughs> we'll move on from that. But we'll, you don't see many cows in Ballantines, do you, Chris? Well, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Um, Indeed. What else we got? Oh, yes, uh, there's harness racing at Addington. You'll, yes. be, you'll be keen on that, Mike. I love the horse racing, and November would not be November in Christchurch without the GG. So whether it's the gallops or the trots, New Zealand's premier race week does turn the spotlight on Rickerton and Addington. At Addington, of course, you've got your harness racing. Um, at Rickerton, Cup Week is all about the gallops. It's a Canterbury social highlight. Uh, you've got your high-class racing, fashion, food, and entertainment across three magnificent days. Fashion in the field takes place on Rickerton Park's Tea House Lawn on the final race day, which dovetails with New Zealand Cup Day, November 13 at Rickerton. Um, and across at Addington, the Harness Racing, uh, New Zealand Trotting Cup Day is Tuesday, November 9. That is, of course, home to the Lindau Lawn. Have it, you ever made a disgrace of yourself, Chris Lynch, on the Lindau Lawn at Addington Raceway? Nope, I never drink in public. That's very, very wise. Thank you. Being a very public person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, you won't see um, me doing that. Uh, but no, there are some true. great things, though. There are some lovely things yeah. happening, so make sure you check out um, Bloom Festival. Just do a Google search. Now, um, the Moon Festival. That's, yes. Uh, now, has that actually happened before in Christchurch? I don't think it has, has no. it? No. Now, what's that about? Well, the South Island Moon Festival is our newest cultural event. It was going to be launched last year, but of course, Mr. COVID came along. So this is going to be on at the end of September, not far away, September 30 to October 3. This is really replacing the Lantern Festival that used to be on in Christchurch. And the idea is there was a lot on in autumn, so let's have a spring festival with um, a lovely Asian theme. And obviously across East Asia, Moon festivals are a really big deal. So this is all sort of tied around the spring full moon in Christchurch. So you're going to have a lot of lanterns, fire-breathing dragons, um, a giant moon all on display wrapped around the city promenade by the Avon and through Victoria Square. I think it is going to be quite a spectacle, Chris. You'll be out there with your video camera? Uh, quite possibly, if someone pays me. Um, what about that giant full moon? This is going to be so cool. Maybe I am just a kid forever, Chris, but they are going to create a 7.5-metre-high giant full moon an enormous scale model of the full moon, which will uh, take pride of place at the Commons by the Christchurch Town Hall. And it's been created by a company that specialises in film props. So that will sit at the heart of the Moon Festival. There'll be lots of food trucks. There's going to be live performance um, stages with C-pop and K-pop um, and Christchurch's biggest ever karaoke stage, all part of the South Island Moon Festival. I can't wait. Coming up. 
we hit the road for the Great Alpine Highway and we check out some other pockets of spring goodness across Canterbury. Stay tuned. Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break. Enjoy a splash of spring fever in Christchurch, your base camp for wider exploration. From festive thrills and botanical delights to world-beating walks and the highest mountains, unleash your spirit of adventure in Canterbury. For more inspiration, head to ChristchurchNZ.com. You're with Kiwi Tripsters. I'm Chris Lynch. Now, Mike, let's talk about the Great Alpine Highway. It's the prime route to the West Coast, but the journey itself is loaded with so many roadside attractions. You've just got to open your eyes and you know exactly what we're talking about. Absolutely, Chris. Chances are, if you are venturing from Christchurch to the coast, you'll vault over the main divide via Arthur's Pass, which is State Highway 73, also known as the Great Alpine Highway. Now, Obviously, you know, if you were heading to the coast, I can understand you're time-pressed. You probably don't really want to um, dilly-dally around all the way and spend the whole day getting to your destination. But if you do want to give this highway the time of day, you are going to discover so many cool things. In fact, if you're staying in Christchurch, it is just a two-hour drive to reach Arthur's Pass in the summit. So you can easily do the whole highway is like a day out from Christchurch. I think that's the best way to do it, Chris. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Now, before you hit the mountains, there are plenty of recommended food stops along the way. What do you recommend? Well, I think it's very important to cover off the food department as part of the trip. Because mm, um, we are glutons. Well, this is true. Absolute <laughs> pigs. Fresh from the show. Um, so I would say the Darfield Cafe and Bakery is a really good stop. Obviously, there is a lot of uh, brag power around Sheffield because they are home to the award-winning, famous Sheffield pie shop. And I really do like their venison and whiskey relish combo Ooh, pie, Chris. That sounds very um, nice. Really good. Worth the trip alone. And, of course, just down the road from Sheffield, as you get very close to Torless Range, Springfield, home to that famous pink donut. The first one was burnt down. They had to rebuild another one, which was originally installed to celebrate the Simpsons movie release. And very close by the sculpture, if the sculpture makes you feel peckish, you've got the Springfield Donuts Caravan there to service your needs with their piping hot, fresh, doughy bundles of joy, and you can even choose your own toppings, which is fantastic. Now, Castle Hill is a great place to check out because it gives you a kind of a movie vibe, doesn't it? Certainly does, and I think this is probably what has powered the Instagram following over Castle Hill because it was um, a movie location in the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And it is those spellbinding limestone rock formations which are just absolutely incredible. I love how the fact when you look at them, you realize why it was called Castle Hill because those rocks um, – so towering in size, as high mm-hmm. as 30 meters, some of those rocks, they do sort of form the resemblance of a fortress uh, across that terrain, hence the name Castle Hill. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. You've got to check it out. And those limestone formations are easy to reach, aren't they? That's it. From the highway, it is just a, an easy 20-minute walk on the dedicated track. The other thing which is really cool about Castle Hill, aside from the limestone rocks, it is actually this wonderful conservation refuge. And um, in early September, Conservation Week was celebrated. What is amazing about Castle Hill, it was the very first reserve to be established in New Zealand specifically to protect one plant, and it's the Castle Hill Buttercup. There's only 67 of these plants in existence. They are all within the reserve at Castle Hill, um, and they will flower from October until Christmas if you want to check those out as well. What about the Bailey Hotel? I love this hotel for its history, Chris. So as you get closer to Arthur's Pass National Park, perched above the Waimakariri River, just before you cross it, is the Bailey Hotel. And you may recall about 25 years ago, there was a whole lot of media frenzy after the publican of the hotel claimed he had had a personal encounter with a moa, even wrestling with the bird before it got away. No first-hand evidence was ever produced, of course. Um, but even further back in history, in the 1860s, the Coppin Co. coach service between Christchurch and the West Coast goldfields would overnight at the site of the Bailey Hotel. And um, the amazing thing is, those horses, those coach horses that used to ply that route, their lifespan was only 18 months, which shows how tough it was for those poor horses to have to get themselves over uh, to the West Coast via uh, the Main Divide. Uh, the hotel also pioneered alpine tourism, uh, in these parts back in the 1880s. And all of that history, Moa history, Cobb & Co history, it's all really well showcased within the hotel today. I note the restaurant and bar, Chris, is called the Crafty Moa. So they're still, you know, exploiting that media frenzy from 25 years ago. Why not? Now, when it comes to the Arthur's Pass region, there are plenty of alpine trails. The one I was, the one I would definitely suggest would be the Devil's Punch Bowl Falls. Uh, yep. They say it's about an hour experience, but it's probably shorter than that if you've got pretty good fitness. It is yep. beautiful no matter what the season, even if the sun's not shining when I went up. At the very end, of course, are the Punch Bowl waterfalls, and it is just delightful. It is like traveling back in time. It's like feeling like you're in Fraggle Rock, <laughs> because it is, you like the way I described that? Because it's, it's idyllic. Good. It is beautiful. Yeah. It's not a hard walk, but it's a walk no. that as you as you continue to elevate your way up, there are different stops where you can look down and see, uh, you know, all of Arthur's Pass. So that would yeah. be my go-to. Mike, you've got a couple of other suggestions as well. Well, there are so many options. If you do want to check out the full range, the Dock Visitor Centre is um, a really good port of call. Um, a good mid-range option, which I have only done once, but I'd love to go back and uh, do it again, is the full Arthur's Pass walking track. So that takes you from the village uh, to the Arthur Dobson Memorial on the highway summit. It's about a two-and-a-half-hour walk. So, you know, it's not short and sweet, but it's very manageable. And that walk also uh, threaded into it um, is uh, quite a steep section around to the Bridal Vale Falls. So if you like a good alpine gusher, the Bridal Vale Falls is also another good option. Um, and then, of course, there's the road and rail engineering, Chris, isn't there? 
Yeah, that's pretty cool too. For something a little bit quirky, it's, I mean, that's kind of close though uh, from the Punchbowl car park. It's a short walk, isn't it? And it takes yeah. you directly above the Oterra Railway Tunnel. Uh, time is right. And when you feel the rumble of the train passing beneath you, it's such a pretty, it's a really lovely feeling. And when this it tunnel is. opened about a century ago, it was the longest in the British Empire. And many of the original iron huts and the construction settlements are still there today, converted into, funny enough, holiday homes. Uh, mm. As to the road, I mean, I vividly remember as a kid how hairy this Arthur's Pass walk was because it's uh, quite prone to being blocked by, you know, landslides and avalanches. And of course, uh, much of that risk was mitigated when the opening of the, the gobsmacking Oterra Viaduct. It is just, it's, ama- it's an amazing piece of, I was going to say architect, but construction brilliance, really. It's seriously impressive. Yep. The engineering feat soars above the steep gorge uh, and tight zigzags and really looking unstable terrain from the old road. And they've mm. got some beautiful lookouts, but just watch yourself when you go to those lookouts. You don't want to be too kind to the cares because they'll start ripping apart your car. That is very true. The best viaduct lookout to go to is called Death's Corner, which is a pretty dramatic name, <laughs> but that is a really good perch where you can see the old road. I was terrified as a kid, Chris, going over to the West Coast because, yeah, around that road, you could feel how brittle it was, mm. um, such unstable terrain. So from Death's Corner, you can see the dramatic change between the old road and the new road that is used today. If you're planning a spring romp with Canterbury, there is a wealth of day trip jaunts that you can easily slot into your holiday plans. Let's head south of the city to Pleasant Point. Yes, it's a charming South Canterbury village, popping with personality. Pleasant Point was the birthplace of one of the region's greatest sweet treats. I know Chris has devoured a lot of these. The Denheath Custard Square, and you will find them on sale in any half-decent supermarket or cafe right across Canterbury, but they do originally hail from Pleasant Point. And if you like your taxidermy, I've always been fascinated by stuffed animals. Um, you will be in Seventh Heaven in Pleasant Point at this amazing shop, J.D. O'Rourke and Sons, who have been preserving trophy kills for hunters for decades. They have got like a zoo of animals mounted on their walls. Yeah, they do. It's pretty cool. What about the railway? Well, the Age of Steam certainly captivates the passions in Pleasant Point with the museum and railway enthralling all comers over the warmer months. They rescued what was called the Fairly Flyer, which is a steam locomotive, uh, rescued it from oblivion, they restored it to mint condition, and they operate excursions on the old Fairly line from Pleasant Point. Uh, the train trips operate most Sundays, starting from late September. Just check out their website, the Pleasant Point Museum and Railway, for full details. Now, another flavoursome and fulsome side trip just 30 minutes from Pleasant Point to the gorge on Geraldine, right? To gorge on Geraldine, Chris. To eat, to devour, to binge on Geraldine. Uh, because <laughs> I read that it's wrong, didn't about, I? You thought I was taking you to Geraldine Gorge. I, did. I don't think there is such a place. Well, there is now here on <laughs> Kiwi Tripsters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the town's signature attraction, of course, is Barkers of Geraldine. Uh, I know we've talked about Barkers before, but it is such an incredible destination in Geraldine because you've got so many amazing products being uh, created by 
Barkers of Geraldine. I think at last count, they've got about 600 products uh, in their range. And the really cool thing about um, their food store and eatery in the heart of town is you've got lots of tasting stations. I do like a good tasting station. So you can sample all sorts of their goodies. And then they've got the on-site restaurant. um, So that will give you lots of inspiration on how you can use their incredible range of products at home, whether it's preserves or chutneys, smoothies, jams, juices, sauces, there is so much there, uh, and you can order online as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, if you're up for a solid hike to, to walk off the strawberry jam, yes. Canterbury's all-time favourite day walk is easy to reach, and it's the Waspin Falls. The Washpen Falls is situated in Windwhistle. It's about an hour's drive from Christchurch. <clears throat> I think this is like a wee pocket of paradise. Moa once roamed these parts. It was part of an ancient volcanic canyon. You'll need a reasonable degree of fitness to do it because there are some quite gnarly uphill sections. Overall, it will take you about two hours to knock off this adventure walk. It is privately owned, um, so you will have to pay $10 at the entrance. That money really is for tra- uh, track maintenance. In winter, it you know can get completely mashed up. So um, the $10 is money well invested. It's a fascinating track, particularly through that volcanic canyon. You've got lovely native bosch, wonderful bird life. At the top of the climb, heart-stirring views across Canterbury's plains. And then on the descent back down the canyon, uh, you'll sort of trace yourself along some beautiful spring-fed creeks, stunning waterfalls, which actually create the longest tributary of the Hororata River. It is an unbeatably beautiful walk in spring. Now, the Hurunui Garden Festival showcases an amazing collection of homes and gardens. It's brilliant, Mike. It certainly is. So north of Christchurch, um, this is such an awesome festival. It kicks off on Thursday, October 28th, so you've got plenty of time to plan. Uh, It's on for about three days. Uh, An incredible array of gardens and historic homes. So we're talking places like in Amberley, Gore Bay, Waikati, Hanmer Springs, Culverton, um, most of them within about an hour's drive of Christchurch. And the idea of this festival was actually conceived as a grassroots initiative to help invigorate the Hiranui area in the wake of the earthquakes in uh, 2016. Uh, You'll meet a lot of the owners of these properties. They will gladly share stories about their garden, their homes. A really cool new feature this year is the chance to walk inside some of Hiranui's outstanding historic homesteads. Some of these um, homesteads, you know, go back to the 1860s. St. Helens Station Homestead, Te Papa Historic Homestead. So there was a really deep sense of hospitality that really shines through Hiranui's wonderful festival. It's great. You can check out more details, by the way, on the council website. It's a great place uh, for those types of events. Check out what is available. Well, that's it for now. We hope you enjoyed our showcase of spring fever in Canterbury. Be sure to like our Facebook page and our show notes available on the website at kiwitripsters.co.nz. Plus, we would love you to rate and review Kiwi Tripsters. Our feature articles on all things spring in Canterbury are available on fortheloveoftravel.nz. The website has been given a pre-spring makeover, so if you haven't checked it out lately, be sure to dive into it. It's very fancy. We hope to catch you again in a couple of weeks' time. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? 
Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. 